The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown, baby! Now, here are your hosts, two-time All-American punter Drew Butler. Mark Rick would like Drew Butler to hit it a mile in the air. And he did. What a kick. And the SEC's career leader in touchdown passes and completions, Aaron Murray. Touchdown! In stride as he crosses the goal line. Put it right on his hip. What a throw. Now, with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Get to the house! Sideline! Pylon! Touchdown! And the dogs are on the board first. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame. Welcome into the Punt and Pass Podcast. This is your host, Drew Butler, coming alongside my co-host, Aaron Murray. And Aaron, we are live at SEC Media Days 2018. This year it is in Atlanta, Georgia, so you and I just drove in. We've been here for the past couple of days. It's Tuesday. Georgia's on the podium this morning. Florida comes in this afternoon. Tomorrow's Alabama. Thursday is Auburn. And, dude, it's talking season. Every media member's here. I know you were on SiriusXM yesterday and today doing a national show. You're certainly big time now. But, dude, there are so many storylines going on. We will touch on those in this quick episode to catch everybody up and let them know that it is the unofficial start of college football. So what's been going on, dude? I'll tell you what. It's been a fun heading into day two right now. Day one. It's just the official kickoff of college football, uh, for the, especially for all these SEC fans. I love the fact, and I don't know if it's because I'm in Atlanta, it's a little easy for me to get here to, to be able to do all these interviews, but it is, it's just a different buzz being here where the Hall of Fame is, where the SEC championship. I know Hoover's been the home forever for this, for this event, but I think it's good to be here in Atlanta. This is where everything is. Uh, so I think you see a lot of excitement, a lot of fans, uh, the buzz is real, and, and it should be. You had two teams in the national championship last year, both representing the SEC. So it's the best conference. It's the best media day. And and like I was alluding to, it signals that the start of football season's here. I mean, you're, we're two weeks away from these kids putting on the pads, starting practice, getting going, two days, hot, wet, just nasty craziness, let it begin. And then right when you turn your eyes, it's going to be the beginning of the season. We'll be playing that first game. So... I think everyone's excited talking to these coaches, talking to these players. Uh, they're just ready to strap it up and, and have some fun. They are ready, and we're ready too. And I know our fans are ready. So if you want to follow us, please do all across social media at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. Aaron is at Aaron Murray 11. I am at Drew Butler 13. We will keep you covered throughout the entire week, but leading up to the season ahead. And we got a big season, dude. It's going to be the second season of Punt and Pass. We had a blast last season and a couple of quick announcements Uh, we got a couple of things down the road that we will certainly keep everybody updated on but in the meantime a a cool recently breaking news is with our namesake being punt and pass we have partnered Aaron with the Davey O'Brien award which is the quarterback of the year and the Ray Guy award which is the punter of the year award those are both official national college football awards we will be bringing you each and every week 
the quarterback of the week and the punter of the week that is released by those respective committees. And what better place to do it than punt and pass? Because, Aaron, you can obviously tell everybody why each quarterback wins that award every single week, and I can delve into why the punter wins the award every single week. So further solidifying us as the tastemakers of college football and further solidifying punt and pass as the premier college football podcast in the land. So more announcements coming. Check back. We're going to keep rocking and rolling with punt and pass as season two officially starts right now. All right, so we're here, and we're official credentialed media members. I mean, I've got a pass. You've got a pass. This is pretty serious stuff. One of the things that we get to do as credentialed media members is pick the All-SEC team and pick the predicted order of finish. Now, LSU was here yesterday. Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M were here yesterday. Again, Georgia, Florida today, Auburn, Alabama, down the road. It seems like everybody's in one boat, and that is Alabama will come out of the west, Georgia will come out of the east, and most people are picking Alabama to win, and that's completely understandable why you would pick that. Here's my thing. Unless we're saying it, the media is usually not 100% correct. I, I don't think, and I have a hard time believing that Alabama and Georgia are just absolute shoo-ins in the SEC championship. Do you agree with that? There's a lot of other storylines that people may be going towards, but it's heavy picks, Alabama and Georgia. Yeah, heavy picks, especially since, obviously, the big contender for the, for the West this year is going to be, once again, Auburn. I, I do think Texas A&M... With Jimbo Fisher there, I thought yesterday, first of all, it was a phenomenal interview with him. I had a great time. I think he's a great head coach. I think he is a phenomenal team out there in Texas A&M, some of the best facilities in the country. Uh, they have He's inheriting a team that's pretty good. I mean, they've had some really good seasons. Haven't been able to really, when the meaty part of the, the, the season comes when you're playing all these big teams from the West, re- really been able to grind through that part of the schedule. But I think that's a really good football team. I think can make some noise this year in his first season. I think he's going to have to continue to instill the toughness that that team needs to be able to compete with the Alabamas, the LSUs, the Auburns. But I think that's a sneaky team in the West that can make some noise, uh, which will be fun to see. And I think on the East, uh, listen, I think South Carolina is going to be a really good football team. I think they got a great quarterback. I think they're building something really special on both sides of the football. Obviously getting Debo Samuel back at receiver, probably one of the most dynamic players in the conference. I think that game, Georgia's second game of the season at South Carolina, it could be one of the biggest games of the season for Georgia. There, it's a tough place to play there on the road. Early in the season, you're still working on a lot of kinks, so that could be a pretty uh, pretty really big early task for those guys. And and I do think Florida's going to be a better football team this year. I think Coach Mullen is is just like Jimbo, inheriting a really good football team. The talent's there at Florida. You know, those guys just did not believe in their head coach last year. They gave up. They didn't listen to anything he said. And they're just pretty much trying to push him out the door and get the next guy in. So I'm looking for Dan Mullen with the talent level. I think he obviously is is a quarterback whisperer. Anywhere he goes, he's able to develop those guys. I think Felipe and everyone else on the roster is going to get better. I don't know. I'm not saying they're going to be all Americans, all SEC, but they're going to be better than they were last year. I look for Florida to be more competitive year one, and then I think year two, year three, you're going to start seeing those guys really making some noise, really pushing for an opportunity to get to Atlanta for the SC Championship. So if you, had to pick, if you had to pick one team outside of Alabama and Georgia in the West and then in the East, it sounds like you're saying, would you go A&M and South Carolina? No, I, I would stick with Auburn. 
I think I think Jared Siddham, probably one of the best quarterbacks heading into this season. I was I was hot on him last year. I think he's probably the premier quarterback in the SEC this year. Uh, obviously, Drew Locke in Missouri, I think, is very talented. I, I just really like Stidham's game. Second year in the offense, I'm, I'm looking for him to take another step forward. So I think that team can challenge Alabama. The, the issue is it, it's all scheduling where you're playing. They have to play at Alabama, at Georgia. So, I mean, that's that's a daunting way to end your season. So I think that's where they'll have a you know somewhat of a hiccup. I don't think LSU is going to be a very good football team this year. I think defensively they have talent. Uh, you look at the offensive side of the football, once again, they have no running back who scored a touchdown last year on the roster. They don't know who the quarterback's going to be once again. Uh, I just think there's too many questions on the offensive side of the football. And looking at their schedule, I mean, these guys could go 3-5 and five next year, this year in the SEC. I mean, they're, the way their schedule lays out uh, and who they're playing on the road and the teams are playing in the West, it could be a pretty bad year for Coach O and those guys. So I'm thinking Auburn... Texas A&M will make some noise, and then you look at the East. I think South Carolina is going to be a good football team. I think Florida is going to be competitive, uh, and then Missouri. I mean, they got a great offense. Once again, can they be a little bit tougher on the defense side of the football? But they'll obviously they're going to have be exciting just for the fact that they're going to be able to put up a lot of points once again. You took the words right out of my mouth. I think LSU is a legitimate six and six football team this year. Um, my biggest question marks are. A&M with Jimbo Fisher. He came out yesterday and said, no, 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 we're not waiting to win. We want to win now. And he was very adamant in saying that. So I'll be interested in how his mentality translates back into the SEC, especially with a very talented roster and high expectations at Texas A&M. I have a big question mark on Florida as well. Again, they don't have a quarterback. Coach Mullen is known for his offensive prowess. He is known for developing QBs. You said Felipe Franks has what it takes with the right coaching Okay, he's got the right coaching now. Now, can he do it? Can he put it all together with those high expectations that his coach is going to put on him being Dan Mullen? One team that everybody's talking about, right? If it's not Auburn, if it's not Alabama, maybe if Texas A&M stumbles in their first year with Jimbo Fisher, is Mississippi State. I think Gene Chizik yesterday from SEC Network picked Mississippi State as his dark horse out of the West. The reason being they're returning 17 starters, Aaron, nine on offense, eight on defense, including Nick Fitzgerald, who will be a preseason Heisman candidate. So I'm not sold on Mississippi State. I'm not the biggest Joe Moorhead fan, their new coach from Penn State, mostly because I don't think he was extremely successful as a coach on his own he had great players at Penn State Trace McSorley Saquon Barkley I need to see what he can do in the SEC West it's a gauntlet week in and week out and then Tennessee man Tennessee may not win a conference game this year Jeremy Pruitt you and I are not as high on him as maybe some other people he has zero head coaching experience it's going to be a rough time on Rocky Top yet again my last hot take is this and you alluded to it South Carolina at South Carolina for Georgia is their toughest game on the schedule right now. I think they will blow out LSU. I think LSU will be falling apart by that point in the season, which I believe is October 13th. It'll be a Saturday night game. That should be a cakewalk for Georgia. That second week, Aaron, you played them in the second week. I played them in the second week when we were at Georgia. It's not even so much about scheme and coaching. It's about execution and discipline, man. It's early in the season. Can you limit penalties? Can you not turn the ball over? It's going to come down to that 3.30 game in Columbia. That's no joke. Yeah, no joke. It's it's just a tough place to play. Going back to Mississippi State, though, uh, I'm a little 
in disagreeance with you about Joe Moorhead. I think he did a tremendous job at Penn State. I mean, in 26 games, 21 of those games, they scored 30 or more points. I think, and yes, they have a very talented offense, but you're, you're, you're talking about a very defensive-minded, just like the SEC, very defensive-minded league to go out there and score 30 more, 30 more points 21 times out of 26 games. Very impressive when you're looking at that offense. So I see him coming in with a, a veteran quarterback and Nick Fitzgerald, very talented guy. The question mark is, question is, can you keep him healthy? He's a big kid, and he, he takes a lot of hits. He's tough, but he got injured late last year. He needs to stay healthy for this team to succeed. But And I think the schedule looks well for those guys. Yeah, I think they have Florida at home. They have Auburn at home. They have A&M at home. Yes, they have to go to LSU, who we both agree is not going to be a very good football team this year, and they have to go at Alabama. So I think those two road games are going to be tough, but overall their schedule lays out very nice for those guys at Mississippi State. Your second point with Tennessee, though, they're just a bad football team. I mean, there's just there's just not there's not a lot of talent there, and and you know it, that's the problem. You can go in there with all these high expectations, new coach, new schemes, the excitement around the program. If you don't have ball players, you're not going to win football games. And Tennessee right now is so far behind in recruiting and talent. I think this is this is a three or four five year process before Tennessee gets back to being competitive in the east and, and we've seen it now the issue is are they is the coaching staff going to get three four or five years you look at the the way football is now especially in the sec if you're not winning in year two year three you're gone you're out of there especially at a program like tennessee georgia alabama auburn you need to win now today year one year two you better be you better have at least seven eight wins year three you better be getting close to ten di- uh, double digits so I don't see that happen at Tennessee. So I think year three, year four, you may be going to a whole new coaching staff, and then once again, you're going to have to rebuild. So they're in a bad place right now at Tennessee. I mean, I'm talking about a bad place, uh, and it's going to be a tough hole for these guys to get out of. I can't wait to see how Coach Pruitt answers the questions that he will undoubtedly get tomorrow during media days just like that. You know, how long do you think the rebuilding process will be? Do you think you'll be given that three- to four-year grace period to try and find some results? Speaking of notable quotes I think that's the best part of media days you know we always are trying to figure out what to talk about it is the third week of July right now I mean football is still a while away but you can taste it you can feel it and you're going to hang on to every word that is said a few quotes that I thought were great yesterday that you yourself got on the SEC on Sirius XM show Jimbo Fisher said one thing about the ACC that I thought was great. Obviously, he is coming from Florida State. He's been at Florida State for quite some time, moving back to the SEC at Texas A&M. He said the ACC's growth is in direct correlation to the SEC's power. And I thought that was fantastically said because if you think about it, Clemson, Florida State, other schools that are trying to compete for college football playoff spots, they have stepped their game up in correlation to how dominant the SEC has been so would you quickly Aaron would you agree with what he said and I think it hasn't really caught waves yet but I probably will by the end of this week he flat out said the ACC is better because the SEC is great yeah you you raise the competition and and conferences start to understand that what it takes and and what it takes is money it it takes money to pay these coaches it takes money to have these facilities and and you look at around the country the best teams have some of the best facilities. You go around, uh, look at Clemson. I think Clemson has one of the best facilities. I mean, they have everything. I mean, these kids don't have to leave that area 
once they're pretty much on site for practice. So I think that's what kids like nowadays. They like the flash. They like the cool indoor, the the barber shop in the locker room. They like uh, the great recruiting, the uh, all that good stuff, the flashy uniforms. So I think the ACC is starting to see, hey, the SEC, these guys are big boys. Why? Because they pour in money to the programs that have the best of the best technology, facilities, workout equipment, all this stuff for these these kids. Because, they, like I said, they like the flash. So the ACC is catching up. All these other conferences are going to start to catch up and realize what's going on to make it more competitive. I think the other big question, Mark, which has been talked about a lot uh, and was brought up with the commissioner yesterday, is the eight-game conference schedule. You know, And should the SEC go to nine games? And why? Just because these other conferences are playing nine games – I think the formula has been set for these for the SEC teams. Win the conference, you're in the playoffs. Why, why risk losing another game, playing that ninth game against another great SEC team to, one, get hurt, two, ruin your record a little bit, add another blemish to that record, when you know, hey, listen, I just got to play our eight games, make it to Atlanta, win or not, Alabama's case, not even have to win that game, and you're in the playoffs. That's the reason... The SEC is such a great image right now. Uh, so I think the plan's been set. It'll be interesting to see in years going forward if, say, TV contracts come in and say, hey, listen, we're going to throw a boatload of money at you. If you add another ninth game, I mean, it's going to have to be comparative to what they're making in the playoffs. So Because the amount of money those guys were making last year in the Rose Bowl, in the Sugar Bowl, and then obviously the National Championship probably will outweigh uh, any contract extension for a ninth game within the conference. So I think the plan's been set. The, the, the schedule's tough enough as it is when you have to go through eight games in the SEC. Um, and, and these other conferences, they're, they're trying to find ways to catch up, and, and it's going to be tough because the talent's there, the coaching there, and the facilities there. Wrapping up, just going over a couple other notable quotes. You had Coach Orgeron from LSU on your show yesterday, and uh, your co-host asked him, you know, football's kind of been under attack. Where do you see the game in 15 to 20 years? How do you keep football on top for 15, in 15 to 20 years? And he simply said, you got to keep it physical, man. you got to keep it physical. You can't make it basketball on grass. He pretty much doubled down on the flag football movement that's happening right now, the player safety movement that's happening right now, talking about banging heads, talking about how defense wins championships. And you know what? I agree with him to an extent, but it was fun to hear somebody say, football is football. Let's keep it that way. It's got to be physical. This is a knockdown, dragout conference where defense does win championships, and that's what makes the SEC great. Would you agree with that? I mean, we're watching, it's it's July right now, we're watching flag football on NFL Network in prime time, just trying to get our fix. I wouldn't mind seeing some heads pop for sure. It, listen, the game, it's you can do as much as you want, and I do think there's at a young age, these kids who need to continue to have better coaching, learn the fundamentals, learn how to tackle properly. But still, it, the game happens fast. You have big men out there running into each other, and things happen at a blink of an eye. So the, you're, you can only do so much. You can only have, as a, I, I feel bad for these safeties of the game. You know, a safety comes in, they can be perfect tackle for him, and all of a sudden a receiver slips and falls, and then all of a sudden it's head-to-head -head contact. And you're like, listen, coach, I did everything I was taught – but the game just happens so fast and so so much reaction where things are going to happen. People are going to hit head-to-head, -head and, and, and that's the trouble going forward. I know myself, I don't know what your plans are. Um, obviously, if I have a boy one day, 
listen, I would rather him play lacrosse, golf, basketball, baseball. It is a serious issue that we do need to worry about because I think parents and mothers are going to continue to say, hey, listen, why do I want the risk of my kid in middle school or elementary school or high school out there banging its head against someone else where you can just have just much fun playing these other sports, getting that competitive spirit going without getting your head knocked in. So we are at a little bit of a crossroads with safety. I just think it needs to continue to be taught at an early age to help these kids out. I definitely agree. We'll cross that bridge when we have to. But if Bridget wants to play football, sign her up. She'll be a great kicker. I know that for sure. All right, closing thoughts. You're about to jump on another four hours of national radio. You'll be here the next couple of days. Anything you're looking forward to seeing before this wraps up on Thursday? Listen, we know all the news. I mean, this is more just a signal and and kind of a uh, shotgun start to the season of signaling, hey, it's here, it's coming. But listen, we've seen spring ball. We've heard all the news all summer long. Uh, So we kind of know what's going on in the world of SEC football. So you may get a little tidbit here or there, but like I said, this is just signaling, hey, football's here. It's coming. Let's get excited. Let's have some fun. And and I think, once again, the SEC is the most competitive league, and it should be a great year with all these major storylines. I think the biggest thing is, is these new head coaches. So if there's one thing that I look forward to these SEC meetings right now or this SEC media day, it's just hearing from these new coaches in these new schools about how it's going, how the players are adjusting to the new schemes uh, going forward, heading into the fall practice. Yeah, breaking news from all 14 coaches in the SEC. Off-season workouts are going great. The leadership is intact, and everybody is extremely excited for football to start and fall camp to get underway. All right, that's it. That is our SEC Media Days Live Punt and Pass edition. We will continue to roll out episodes as the season gets closer. Aaron, we can feel it. We can taste it. SEC football is right around the corner. Follow us on social media at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. Aaron's at AaronMarie11. I am at DrewButler13. Hit us up with any questions, comments, concerns. We are going to have an awesome 2018 season. And again, it's right around the corner. So thanks for listening and check back in. We will see you next week. See you.